0: Today, if YouTube's copyright takedowns are so unfair, why does nobody dispute them anymore? How the growing trend of in-house agencies is changing the business, the most important PPC trends to know about for next year, and on the Premium Podcast with more stories, no ads, and expert live streams, Pinterest prepares itself for the live stream commerce world by cozying up to creators. It's Monday, December 6th, 2021. Happy last day of Hanukkah. Todd Mathen from EngageQ Digital, and here's what you missed today in digital marketing. Well, here's a stat nobody likes to see: between January and June of this year, more than 2.2 million YouTube videos were hit with copyright claims, taken down, and then the action later overturned. 2.2 million. This data comes from YouTube itself and shows just how much the platform has been relying on machine learning and automated bots for its enforcement which, to be fair, is really the only way you could do it at the scale that YouTube is at. The company released a look inside copyright enforcement in its new copyright transparency report, which it says will be updated biannually going forward. YouTube manages its copyrights using three main tools, the public web form tool, the copyright match tool, and the content ID system. Quoting from their report, the vast majority of claims and removal requests originated from automatic detection technology through our Copyright Match and Content ID tools. Over 722 million claims were made through Content ID in the first half of 2021, representing more than 99% of all copyright actions on YouTube, and over 1.6 million removal requests were made using the Copyright Match tool in the first half of 2021." So if you're thinking like I did, well, I'll bet a huge number of those content ID claims are erroneous and the creators filed a dispute, think again. YouTube says, no, actually they keep track of how often creators push back against removals and content ID claims that they believe are made in error. In the first half of this year, fewer than 1% of all content ID claims were disputed. So what of those 1%? How many go the way that the person or the brand that uploaded the data? YouTube says, in cases where disputes arise, more than 60% of resolutions are resolved in favor of the uploader. You can find a link to download the full copyright transparency report in today's premium newsletter. Have you ever been interested in a marketing tool or service and you go to their website and it's just not very detailed? Lots of very pretty clip art, but no actual screenshots or video walkthroughs. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm one of those show-me-what-you've-got kind of people, not a tell-me-what-you've-got. Now, many of these sites do offer a personal demo, but then you've got to cough up your data, book a time. It's going to be with a salesperson, so there's all that. Well, friends, we have you covered. Today, we have released the first video in our showcase series. This is where we do a full walkthrough of a marketing tool or site or app, And ask the questions you want to ask. How much is it? Can I white label it? What do your reports look like? Show me. Which platforms do you support? What happens when I run into trouble and need support, but it's Saturday night at 11.30 p.m.? We will get all those answers for you. The first one is out of the gate right now. It's up now. It is optimizer.com. It's a PPC optimization tool that supports Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and a few other platforms. You can watch it now by using this short link. B. link slash showcase one. That's the digit one. And if you have a marketing tool or app that you'd like to get the word out about, apply to get a showcase video of your own. It is completely free until the end of the month. All you need to do is join me on a 30 minute screen share meeting. We will do all the rest. So to apply, go to todayindigital.com slash showcase. This is something we plan to charge for in the new year. So make sure you get in now if you have a marketing tool or app or site. Today todayindigital.com slash showcase. An interesting piece today in Marketing Dive asks, can in-house agencies sustain their productivity boom? An in-house agency being a standalone business unit inside a brand which doesn't take other clients, only the brand's parent company. This is a model that's been getting more popular in the last few years. A report from the in-house agency forum compiled responses from 265 companies, including HP, Nestle, PwC. It provides some insight on how those agencies have been affected by the shift to at-home work in terms of productivities. By the way, according to the report, only 7% of in-house agencies are back in the office full-time, and only an additional 2% above that plan to return by the end of the year. Marta Stigland, one of the partners on the report, explains that, quote, there is something about the co-creation process that remains to be seen in a hybrid environment, unquote. That said, even if the creative collaboration process has been stalled working in a virtual environment, apparently it hasn't caused any delays in productivity. For half the in-house agencies they surveyed, project volume is actually up. And mostly in digital work. 80% of respondents said they have brought more marketing assignments in-house, quoting Stiglin again. In spite of people being really cautious about spend and really cautious about what their companies were doing to sustain through the pandemic. In-house agencies were a place where corporations were continuing to invest. Unquote. No reason to panic, fellow digital agency owners, there's still lots of work to go around, and many experts believe this model is still somewhat in the experimental phase.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.
0: 2022 is fast on our heels and the PPC scene is changing. Which of the pay-per-click trends should you focus on? Search Engine Journal has outlined major trends that are predicted to impact PPC advertising in 2022, according to 23 experts. Quoting from the piece, automation will play a key role in helping marketers make informed decisions based on data. In order to plan, execute, and analyze data-driven campaigns across multiple platforms and channels, marketers should consider investing in smarter technology. Advertisers need to identify audiences, create a variety of content, develop differentiated ads, and embrace automation, both for paid search and paid social. Second, diversification across multiple channels will become crucial. Look beyond paid ads. Make sure your brand has built up other marketing channels like PR, SEO, affiliate, and email The more ways you can grow via channel diversifications, the more stable your business and brand will be. It's time to see what other ad platforms have to offer, like TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and more. And finally, responsive search ads will take over expanded text ads. In 2022, Google's ETAs will become a thing of the past as Google pushes all advertisers to responsive search ads, unquote. And a reminder here, again, Google's term for these new ads is a little confusing. In this context, they don't mean that responsive search ads will adapt to the width of the screen, like the rest of the web world refers to as responsive. To Google, a responsive search ad is a dynamic format that swaps in different assets and tries to figure out which one will work best. Anyway, the article is up right now at searchenginejournal.com. Look for the piece called 10 Most Important PPC Trends to Know in 2022. Speaking of Google Ads, if you run ads on the Google platform, you want to check your campaigns to see if you have any abnormal spend fluctuations. The company confirmed that there was an issue that occurred last Friday after an advertiser noticed an abnormal increase in spend over a three-hour period and contacted Google Ads support. Side note here, I think that's the most terrifying sentence I've ever read. (laughs) In the 520 podcast, the phrase abnormal increase in spend... Something I don't want to ever read again. Anyway, quoting a Google spokesperson, After checking, I found there was a technical issue on December 2nd. Advertisers who are using the target ROAS or maximize conversion value bid strategies on some campaigns have experienced spend fluctuations on December 2nd. Unquote. According to the company, the issue has since been resolved and everything is now working as expected. Social media managers, did you stop using the uncool emoji? Gen Zeds have lost this round of chugi, Despite efforts from the generation to cancel the laughing, crying emoji because it wasn't cool anymore, data collected from the Unicode consortium shows it is still the most widely used emoji. The tears of joy emoji accounts for more than 5% of all emoji use. Can you guess what the second one is, number two? It is a red heart Emojis remain mostly similar to their 2019 ranks in 2021. The only real difference is that the double heart emoji was replaced with the emoji with hearts around its face. And in case you care, we have a surprisingly detailed chart on this in the premium newsletter today. It was a glorious weekend of lawnmower simulator thanks for asking and now the real work the real lawn work happens in the real world because it snowed here uh, on vancouver island for the first time this season so driveway sidewalks wheelchair ramp everything's got to get shoveled so i will leave you and go do that dirty work talk to you tomorrow i could hardly believe it when i woke up this morning it like after midnight, a ton of snow had fallen. Now I come wait for all breakfast, can't wait to tie my shoes. I have to get outside and spread the joyful
1: news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.